cold open. If Kenneth is too loud, just let me know. I can turn him down for you. Kenneth is always a little too loud. It's on. This is liquid gold. Mike, let you go for it. All right, where the seasons are long and the artists on payroll. Welcome to another season of liquid gold. Season. Right here on the We Own This Town Network, weownthistown.net. And we've got to give a special shout out to... That's a can of champagne that we're opening. Got to give a special shout out to Michael Eats, producer, winner, with the mostest, and uh, just won the Nashville scene, uh, best podcast network for We Own This Town and all the crazy cool podcasts that are coming through like this one on the network. The cool thing we we all learned here in the last week was um, here at, in the Liquid Gold offices that We Own This Town, the music show, has been going for... Uh, more than 14 years going on 15 so that is pretty special pretty cool and now there's all these cool shows on the network the bill and ted podcast is coming back we are told there is san dimas today and nashville demystified we're big fans of that one that's a really good one um lady land podcast my fantasy funeral my fantasy funeral is strong i look forward to when you're on that that'll be great That way we can know kind of what we need to do to plan it out and all that. So that'll be good. Today, for the season two opener, (laughs) we are talking creativity. We are talking about art. We are talking about the new book. And I'm going to talk about myself. So I I guess that's going to be new. We'll ask you about yourself. But uh, I have a new book coming out, Garden to Glass, Grow Your Drinks from the Ground Up. Had to read from the title there. And it's coming out November 12th. We have... A very special guest in studio today, a, a super crazy talented artist. She, among her many accolades, is the doing the liquid gold logo. <laughs> 70 of them. 70 of them, yeah. She she works, um, it's like Monday through Friday, like 8 to 2. Um, Usually. Because quality of life's important. You're right, right. And I of think course. she's up to 70 a week. We can't so. pay her overtime. Right. We run, it, we run it lean. You get billed for it, though. We should probably say her name. This is Jess Matchin, right here on the show. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Thanks for coming. You've been busy doing logos for some of the new restaurants coming in and uh, breweries. And you've been I like that you've been posting some more of your process and stuff that you're working on. So tell us a little bit about the last thing that you just worked on, a brand new chicken chicken joint. Yeah. That opened up in East Nashville, Bok Box. Bok Box. And you, you ate there yesterday. I did. Tell us about this this uh, coal-roasted chicken joint. Yeah. So, super cool. It's in the otaku space for lunch. They're open Monday through Friday. Um, so, you walk up, get a half chicken, get to pick all your sauces, get some good good rice and soft rolls, Ooh. and a side. Mm. Yeah. And Tom Bayless and Dower Ellis are doing it. That's so great. It's ours. Yeah. Talented dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Very fun to brand. Very cool dudes to work with. Yeah. It was like one of my most fun projects. That's great. You did a great job. So you can see Jess's work on the Bok Box uh, Nashville Instagram page. And what's the? do you know what the ordering process is like there? Do you need to like do it through an app or on, through their website? Or you I just call? I think they're doing it. It was walk up only yesterday, but it was okay. just their first day opening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're going to start doing like Postmates. Cool. So. You can get it wherever you are. That's great. So they'll be doing Postmates. You can go up there and they are open 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. So shout out to those guys. Super talented dudes. They know 
Because you know when you have excellent chefs that decide to cook chicken, you're going to be in, in good shape because you don't really get to be an excellent cook or chef without really knowing what to do with chicken. So I look forward to that. And they're so close to Chopper, right across the street. So I'll be able to go get lunch. Yeah, right. I predict long lines. <laughs> Talking shit. Long lines of tourists. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Standing there looking at their watches, taking photos. Yeah, they're going to be fine. I'll just have to postmate it yeah, for post-made across the street. It. Right, right. Yeah. And then another project, Jess, that you worked on recently, we saw these really cool Oktoberfest mugs you did for Smith & Lentz. I did. So tell us a little bit about that project and yeah, yeah how that came about. Well, I actually used to bartend at Smith & Lentz for a little bit. Uh, for a while. A while ago. Yeah, a while ago. Um, and they opened, right? No, a little after, but love those dudes so yeah. much. Yeah. And uh, they're so close to the house, so John and I walk over there. All the time. Mm-hmm. Get a beer. And yeah, Kurt just, he reached out to me last year to do the Steins. And then again this year, which was super cool. Got to uh. do the poster, Steins, and t-shirts. Oh, awesome. And yeah. do they still have some at the brewery? Uh, I think they're out of Steins. But they Sold don't have, out. Yeah, they do have That's t-shirts great. though. So. so we'll have to wait till next year for the Steins. The shirts are there. And really, really good beer there. Um, I've always been a fan of the Pilsner and some of the lighter German styles that they do there. What have you had over there recently since this is a beverage podcast? What have you been excited about? They always do this beer. It's called Disco Lemonade and Mm. it tastes like you're drinking a boozy lemonade and it's delicious. It rolls. Great. So kind of like a shandy. Kind of like a shandy. It's super light, but then it's also not, it's 5%. Mm. You know, it's not 2%. It's a creeper. It's a creeper. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Dang. That but. sounds that sounds dangerous. And they always do they do lagers so well over there. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, they're so good at that crisp, clean style, which you don't see with a lot of small breweries. A lot of smaller breweries are right. just trying to hit you over the head with something wild or something different. So that's cool. You got to respect them for that. Yeah. Smith and Lentz, East Nashville. We're kind of all over East Nashville today. We're doing it. We're hitting all the spots. Hitting yeah. all What's the next? spots. What's Bach, the next Bach, neighborhood? Smith and Lentz. Here we are recording in Wedgwood, Houston, and there is kind of a cool event that I was going to bring up. It is going on. This is for a great cause and everything, but it's also kind of hilarious because it's an Apple Teeny bar crawl, and this is going on in the Wedgwood, Houston neighborhood, October 25th from 5 to 8 p.m. in the Wedgwood, Houston neighborhood. You start at the Blockhouse Nashville at 516 Houston Street for your bar crawl map. And you have your first Apple teeny there and you wear a costume lumberjack costume contest. And, uh, it, this is all for breast cancer awareness. It's the Tennessee breast cancer coalition in partnership with Berenson and yeah, Apple teeny bar crawl lumberjack costume contest, which I think that means a lot of the hipsters in this neighborhood and the East Nashville we mentioned earlier. I think you can just show up in what you usually wear. Uh, that's great. <laughs> Good job. So, yeah. Why lumberjack though? Are we chopping down apple trees? I just think shit? it's like, like what? What's the? <laughs> what, <laughs> yeah. What's the um, easiest costume? And I think it's oh lumberjack. Yeah. Just like yeah. Keep add an axe. Okay, yeah, add an axe. <laughs> Reminds me of the old uh... add an axe and booze. What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of the old husky uniform. We all just show up. Axes and apple teenies. That's going to be really cool. That is October twenty fifth. 5 to 8 p.m. in the Wedgwood Houston neighborhood and uh, everyone's meeting at the Blockhouse Nashville that is at 516 Houston Street. So a really cool event going on there. So um, Jess, you are currently uh, working at Folk. 
Is that correct? I am. Yeah. Amazing restaurant. The best. I think it got like best new restaurant or best restaurant, best chef, best, chef. best everything, best, best bread, everything, yeah. best tables, best servers, <laughs> <laughs> best chairs. Best chairs. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. chairs. And to bring it all full circle, you had a recent dining experience there, Kenneth, I believe. Sunday. 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 Yeah, yeah, it was Sunday. Um, it was my sister's belated birthday dinner. She, her and her her and her beau mm-hmm. uh, went to the, the football game. Get Didn't get totally wasted, but mm-hmm. we're hungry. I overslept. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to the game with them, but I made it up to them and took them to folk. We had a fucking blast. We ate and drank everything. What wine uh, did you drink? Uh, pet knot, uh, Italian pet knot from Umbrulia. Come on, help me out. I was thinking like a Natalie Umbrulia. <laughs> <laughs> That's not right. She got a winery now too. Yeah, her pink. All the all the older pop stars are getting Australian. wineries. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, the Britney Spears wine. Okay. Holy shit! Right, yeah. Britney Spears no. is doing pet knots. Yeah. Oh my god. We've got it at folk. Ah, uh, damn the the mosquito. Oh yeah, the mosquito. Yes, it was great because like. Uh, we actually joked about it because we had we had this great pet nut with a mosquito on the label, and my sister, who was not opposed to it, but didn't it was it was a sparkling gimme. Anyway, we had that, and then we had uh, some Varnelli, and then I was talking about how Varnelli won all these awards for the fight against malaria, and then she like made a joke. Everything's about mosquitoes with you, Kenneth. You sp- you spray neem oil all over yourself. All summer long, because you hate mosquitoes. Spray it on your dog. And then here we are drinking mosquito shit. What's your thing with mosquitoes, Kenneth? I was like, I don't know. I fucking hate them. Well, you know the threat that they pose to mankind, which is pretty huge. Yeah. You know, they're releasing all these genetically modified mosquitoes into the wild now. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they're they're releasing all these genetically modified mosquitoes to, in the hopes of, uh, you know, eradicating malaria. Mosquitoes. Malaria, yeah. Crazy. I hate them. They love me. I hate them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had the uh, octopus, which was killer. We had the non peel and eat shrimp, which was like hard to get like my sister to like eat the shrimp whole. Because they have the heads. Yeah. I was yeah. like, just bite into the whole, eat the whole thing. Like think of whole it thing. as a shrimp potato chip. Mm. And once she got going, she crushed it. Like she ate half the plate. Great. Well, let's do some Parapalooza here with Jess since she Ooh. is uh, such an amazing server as well and knows knows her bevies, knows her beverages. So we're eating some shrimp. What are we going to pair with that Parapalooza season two, 2019? Parapalooza with some shrimp. So they're peel and eat at Folk, mm-hmm. served with Household Bay, head and tails on. So you want something maybe a little funky. Mm. Uh, wait, wait, wait. They were peel and eat? Because I ate the whole thing. You can eat the whole thing. It was great. I don't know how it's going to feel later, but. <laughs> stomach of iron over here. <laughs> you forget that when I picked you up today, you're like, oh, my stomach's kind of hurting, but I'm doing okay. <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, so funky wine. Okay. I do like a funky sparkling mm. or just like a light red, which we love at Folk. I mean, it's like any sort of light Jura mm-hmm. kind of style wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of natural wines there, a lot of real food-friendly, lighter wines. Yeah, all natural. Yeah, oh, mm-hmm. that's great. All natural wine list. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, they rule. Aria does a great job curating mm. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. What about for the, the pizzas that you're known for? Pizzas. Again, I mean, same thing. It's yeah, just kind of like... Yeah, light reds. Light reds. Mm-hmm. Obviously, bubbles go mm-hmm. with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, a funky pet net. 
eat it with our cool crust that mm. it's so good it's all naturally leavened too so you know so you can go back to our bubbles episode season one alex birch where we talk about what kind of what a pet nat is petulant natural like birch just got like uh apply or get like master som or some shit like that like, Did he yeah. really? that's so exciting he is moving moving on past uh past level two that's like, amazing yeah cool mm. let's text him we'll text him and ask him then we can update the show <laughs> live news this is amazing this is like all of us sitting around family meal at husk kind of <sighs> just shooting the shit because yeah. we all did work we together all, we yeah. did that's important that's yeah. where kind of that's we all would have met at the same time yeah i will never forget uh measing out that bloody mary mix for you mike mm. oh man pretty intense very intense mm-hmm. i remember i love working with you <laughs> i miss working with you guys we've all bonded over various bloody marys making them over the years and it, it is something we talk about so i can read an excerpt from the book because i do talk about bloody marys in the book and i think it is from making so much of the mix over the years and uh serving so many of them getting it on my clothes cleaning it up at the end of a busy brunch service stuff like that it turns your opinion on the bloody mary now i was never all that into it i feel like it can it can really help you out when you're in trouble so this is from the book i'm going to read an excerpt here garden of glass and we do have i should mention we have a really cool event coming up sunday november 3rd at husk Back where it all kind of started, uh, we'll be doing a cocktail party and kind of a book launch thing there. You can get the book before it comes out, November 12th. You can get it at this event. So we'll be posting about that, and there'll be more info on the Husk Nashville Instagram about that event Sunday, November 3rd. So we're looking forward to that. Are you doing um, that Are you doing that in the bar, or are you doing it in It is in the, the stables. Whoa, Ooh. so limited limited space, mm-hmm. actually. Well, fancy. Actually, more space than the bar, but yeah. still limited. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's such such a charming charming you know charming spot, but uh, this this is a little part for the book from the drink your vegetables chapter the Bloody Mary for better or worse. The Bloody Mary is the ubiquitous vegetable cocktail. It has evolved from a simple really can't screw this up concoction to increasingly ornate presentations featuring a cornucopia of ingredients. Alas, not always for the best. I have a difficult relationship with the Bloody Mary cocktail. While it's certainly one of the most popular drinks around, crushed on brunchy weekends like cans of beer at a frat party, I have never been a fan of the drink. And don't get me started on the garnishes, which have gone so far in recent years as to include fried chicken, eggs, and even cans of beer, to which I must firmly plant my flag on the mountain of no. No, I would not put a goddamn chicken dinner in a Bloody Mary the size of a water jug and guess what? I prefer the eggs and bacon on my plate at brunch time. I don't want a skewered biscuit sitting on a beer stein of Bloody Mary. I want my biscuit doused in country gravy and on my plate, giving the acidic peppery bomb of a Bloody Mary something to sit on top of. Of course, I have some bias. Maybe even a reason to loathe the Bloody Mary. I've made so much Bloody Mary mix at various bartending jobs over the years. We even went through around 24 quarts every 10 days at Husk. That the mere smell of tomato juice makes me feel a surge of panic that all the Bloody Mary mix is going to run out. (laughs) (laughs) With all that said, I am a professional. And when made with love and fresh ingredients, a good Bloody Mary can really lift the spirit. And I firmly believe that a good celery and lovage garnish can bring the Bloody Mary back down to earth where it belongs. Instead of an afterthought, 
under some towering garnish that is most likely going to be thrown in the trash. I also believe the reason the Bloody Mary exists is to cure a hangover. And to do that, you'll need some heat, celery, and beet juice, and a good mix of salt, sweet, acid, and spices. This recipe serves six of your hungover friends. Another Bloody Mary hack I can offer is to use the bouquet garni technique to infuse the batch overnight with an assortment of chopped root vegetables, especially turnips, which go amazingly well with a Bloody Mary's peppery bite. Lay a large piece of cheesecloth out and place chopped parsnips, carrots, turnips, celery, and thyme in the center. Wrap them up and tie the bouquet together, then place in the Bloody Mary mix to infuse overnight. Remove the bouquet the next day, saving the vegetables to cook in a bloody marinated hash, and promptly have your mind blown. And about that garnish, since we're singing the praises of all our herbal friends in this book, I encourage you to add any number of herbs in harmony with your Bloody Mary mix. Lovage and celery are both obvious choices and can be lovely counterpoints to the celery in the mixture. Parsley, marjoram, onion, garlic scapes, thyme, rosemary, and sage are all great choices. While I'm personally not crazy about meat being included, a small piece of cured ham can be a fun little tease before a big brunch. And pickles on a pick are also a great way to offer the imbiber a little bite of flavor to offset the liquid lunch quality of the drink. But I beg you, please no fried chicken or biscuits. Keep the fried food on the plate. Love that, Mike. <laughs> yeah, dude. So the recipe in the book here, the Garden of Glass Bloody Mary mix, is sort of a uh, an adaptation of the recipe we used at Husk and which we added to over the years we would add different things we would add we started kind of adding more spice to it so many but then things. also so many ingredients and there's a ton of ingredients here and it's really i make the point in the book earlier too about some of these recipes it's like if, if these are these are just uh templates or loose ideas that you can follow or not you can leave some of this stuff out but it gives you an idea of how using a, a little bit of uh, vegetable juice can go so far because probably my favorite version of it, which I'd made for parties and I've done like uh, been the bartender for like a brunch party and stuff where I've had to make more of an involved version. So this is this is the kind of husk meets uh, the some of the private brunch parties that I've done in the last few years. So two quarts tomato juice, 12 ounces celery juice, six ounces beet juice, three ounces cucumber juice. And for the for sourcing the cucumber, beet, and celery, a lot of it you can just go to a to a juice shop. If you don't want to buy all that stuff and juice it yourself and and go through all that composting and whatever you're gonna do with what's left over, just go to a juice shop before you're kind of getting your bloody mary party together and get some of that juice from them. Um, so after the cucumber juice, three ounces lemon juice, one ounce of lime juice, three ounces of a celery cordial, which we have in the book. Um, two ounces of pickle juice. You could use the liquid from any kind of pickle, like, uh, like okra. We would do okra pickling liquid. Sometimes we would do beets, uh, jalapenos, like pickled jalapenos. You can use two ounces of that. It goes, a, goes a long way. Uh, six dashes of celery bitters, uh, which we have a really cool celery bitters recipe in the book as well. Uh, three tablespoons kosher salt, 12 turns of freshly ground black pepper, two tablespoons prepared horseradish, two tablespoons celery seed, two, two tablespoons dried dill, one tablespoon onion powder, two tablespoons basil seed, two teaspoons celery salt, two teaspoons paprika, one pinch of dried marjoram, one teaspoon garlic powder, 
and I say 25 to 50 dashes of hot sauce, like a Valentina. I've come to really like that in Bloody Marys. A few shakes of dried cayenne pepper. And you combine all these ingredients except for the hot sauce and cayenne in a large sterilized container and whisk vigorously to incorporate. If you have a stick blender, that will do wonders in terms of mixing everything together. Taste the mix and add hot sauce to taste, depending on how hot you like your Bloody Mary. Then add the cayenne. This will give the mix a lot of pop, so add a little bit at a time until you're happy with the flavor. Kept in the refrigerator, the mix will last for around two weeks. So that's kind of the Bloody Mary... Uh, section of the book and what do you guys think do you drink bloody marys since we've all been so involved in so many bloody marys do you still drink them i hate them i could take them or leave them i didn't know that they were on the menu today but um i definitely uh want to stress watch your consumption of bloody marys typically i think folks look at it as like a medicinal hangover cure and that's great i don't see myself drinking one ever outside of a hangover like people at dinner service will ask for a bloody mary yeah i'm like they're kooks they do that at folk yeah whoa i've had it happen a few times and yeah we don't even do yeah i always like kind of like your head a little bit no i keep my i keep my eye on those motherfuckers like like you're you're ordering it's eight o'clock at night and you're ordering a bloody mary yeah like I'm going to watch you. I'm going to watch you. And I'm going to watch what you say. And I'm going to watch how you walk. Everything. I got my eyes on you. Okay. Fucking kook. I'll take a Bloody Mary. I'm going to call the cops right now. (laughs) Who? What's your name? I learned my lesson with Bloody Marys. Like, like, name, phone number, address. Coming up in East Nashville. Glad I brought them up. Sundays is is double... Double day, like mm. every bar in East Nashville, that's kind of like how the, that drinking culture out there started was when there's a football game, you can't get out of East Nashville, so all the bars did two-for-ones. One day, my dumbass started drinking two-for-one Bloody Marys watching a Titans game at the Three Crow. Next thing I know, like I was wasted, and my head was twice the size because <laughs> the, <laughs> all I did was bloat. <laughs> And they snuck some psychedelics I, in there. Like, like no, yeah. no joke, dude. Like <laughs> everyone's I, head was twice the size. I looked like I had like a freaking concussion. <laughs> it was so bad. Like, <laughs> took three days. Like a lot of water, a lot of ice, sweat, <laughs> tears. I think there's yeah. Like it's, I was crying. It's kind of a dividing line like right there between crystallizing the, on my face. The bartenders and. The customers, you know, it's like all the bartenders probably feel a one way about the Bloody Mary and the customers feel another. And it's kind of like this, this line. Yeah. It's a tug of war. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tug of war. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Love that. Um, Reminds it, that, that but you don't want to make a shitty Bloody Mary. Like that's the thing. Yeah. If you're, you, when you come back around to it and I, I, where I mentioned that it's like, well, I'm a professional and I want it to be. I want this to be good. If I'm going to be, you know, if it's going to be in my bar, if I'm going to be, you know, representing this place with this Bloody Mary, let's make it good. I like that dividing line. That'd be a good comic strip idea. Yeah. There you go. About the Bloody Mary. Mm. Customers. Love it. Versus the bartender. Coming the mark- soon. The marker. Yeah. <laughs> On season two, Liquid Gold, the comic with Jess, Jess Matchin. We've been talking about that for a little while. So, I have so many ideas. I love it. 
I'm excited. So another thing. Wait, wait, that, wait. I got a joke. Okay. There's always this guy that's like, "How's your Bloody Mary? Is it good?" And they like, and I'm like, "Yeah, it's delicious." And they kind of cock their head, like they don't believe you, but they're gonna order it anyway. It's like, why are you asking me if it's good? Because I know that I think that's, what they're doing is um, probing you to ask. I don't like that. Is it is it is it house made or is it like a bottle? Is it just a mix? I think that's what they're they're asking. Maybe they don't want to ask like, do you make your own, or is it zing zang? Or I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you're that could you're be it. Right. You know, they want you to be like it's house made, and they're like, well, sounds great to me. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I've would been on both it. sides of the yeah. line, I guess. <laughs> My favorite thing is to sit at the bar when Kenneth is bartending and just to listen to how he interacts. Yeah, oh, great. Don't get me fired. That sounds, no, no, no. No, that sounds like a, a no. A great, it's amazing. Great it's time like, coming up. <laughs> you can edit this out. <laughs> no, I always like uh, Jess Bacchus. Uh, one time, uh, I don't know, like some kook asked her, How, "How's your uh, how's your margarita?" She was like, "It's delicious." So I typically always counter anything when someone says like, "How's this? How do you make this?" Like, how? I'm always like, "It's delicious." Right. Come on. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Obviously, it's going to be. What if somebody's like, because you've, I know you have many of these you've made in your life. How's your old fashioned? Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> You're just trying to entice them. Unless, unless you get the Centique series. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, he's a salesman. Yeah, he's a salesman. Absolutely. Um. So, one of the one of the cooler things that I feel like you were involved in with the book, Jess. You did some really cool artwork, but you, you did the B.I.G. logo, which yeah. is, we talk about that in the book, and this was something that we did at Husk. We got to give another shout out, Jess Bacchus, for helping us push this idea along over the years. B.I.G. Build in Glass. So you did a little... Just a, a little illustration. Yeah. yeah. A little, illo. A little, little illustration. Yeah. Of... Um, of of what it what it looks like to build a cocktail in the glass, and we talk about this in the book because this can be a fun way to make cocktails at home where you don't really you don't even need the jigger, you don't really need like a shaker tin, you don't have to have a fancy mixing glass, you don't have to have all these things where that might might prohibit people from making cocktails. You just need a glass and a spoon, and you build it over ice. And we do this in the book with the gardener spritz where we are doing um and we made a lot of these style drinks at husk uh this was uh one and a half ounces coke americano which is a moscato based italian vermouth kind of like a little lay style three quarter ounce of fresh squeezed grapefruit juice a half ounce of aperol some soda water one sprig of rosemary for garnish and a grapefruit peel for garnish so in a tall glass filled with ice you combine the coke americano grapefruit juice, and Aperol. You stir the ingredients to incorporate and top with soda. Stir it a few more times. Garnish with rosemary and a piece of grapefruit peel, and you're done. And we talk about this a lot, but uh, when you are working on a project, does it does it help that you've kind of like been involved in some of the ideas? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the first time I got started in illustration and drawing was because of a restaurant, the mm. first restaurant I worked at. And it was designing chalkboards for specials. Mm. Super boring. Something I really hate. But I kept thinking, like, how can I make this look nicer? 
but that is that is what I do. I mean, I get most of my jobs from people that I've worked with in the service industry, combining food and beverage. And right now I'm working on like self-publishing a children's book Whoa. about food, mm. which is super cool. Brilliant. That's amazing. Yeah. I was going to call it Cash Cow <laughs> until now. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. <laughs> Working title. <laughs> but no, it's definitely like interesting when I was drawing, especially for, you know, Garden to Glass, all like the husk um, herbs, remembering that garden, looking up all those old pictures and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you did one of the beautiful things that you did in the book. Here we can show it around to the panel. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the uh, Hardiness Zones map which kind of tells you which areas in the United States are, are good for growing a variety of different things. We go through the, the temperatures of these different zones, average temperatures, and it's, it's really lovely what you did here. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about your process with this one, the that hardiness one, zone map. That one was crazy. It has a lot I, of color to it. So yeah. much color, but I was also learning so much as I went through it because I was looking at so many different maps, and they're all a little bit different. So it was cool to like... Make my own, but also just like researching in the process. Yeah. I learned so much. Yeah, it's fun. And I think it, it's been really cool involving different artists. So there's three, I guess there's, if you, so with the photography, there's like four really strong artistic personalities involved in the book. Bryce McLeod did the, did the cover and um, did some of the chapter heading stuff in the book. You do some really amazing illustrations. We have Brian Baxter who did some watercolors. And then Peter Eugene Edwards, who has done photography for all Chef Brock's books, and he did some amazing photography in there as well. Yeah, those photos look amazing. I think what what really inspired me to work with different artists, get other people involved, was like I would do I would go to the library and do all this research, and I would look through these different. I'd be looking at gardening books, and even like um, cookbooks that were focused on vegetables and things like that, where you would just You'd learn like in the span of like a 300 page book, you'd find like a couple sentences where you're like, oh, that's a really interesting way to look at time or to look at rosemary or something like that. But it was really like the, the one of the best parts about looking through all those different books was like the feeling that you get from looking at them. It was almost like a, it puts you at ease a little bit. It just puts you at ease to like look at plants, to think about plants, to, yeah. uh, to talk about them. It's what I find um, myself doodling my spare time. It's always plants. Yeah. It's so easy. You, you draw all these beautiful plants and you've even done a mural for someone's house. I did. That was really cool. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good to know. So people can contact you on your Instagram. Yes. Which is? Just Matchin. Just Matchin. At Just Matchin. <laughs> you, can, you can find it on our Instagram. We'll put it on there as well. Um, coming up in restaurants and that's sort of what what allowed you to start to use some of your artistic talents and that's something i want to talk about um because at the time where i really started thinking about doing a book i'd been there about three years and it was like man we've gone through like we've gone through spring a few different times we've gone through fall a few different times and i think i guess what i'm trying to say to bring it all together is that being in a supportive environment like that can be so important so I've got to give a shout out to, to, you know, David Howard and to Kenny and, and Rory and Amy and everybody over there who's been so supportive and you Great Kenneth folks. Oh, whatever. working alongside <laughs> you and Kevin King and Jess and Aww. Lindsay and everybody. But so talk a little bit about that being in a supportive environment and what that, 
how that can kind of help push you along. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It's, I didn't, you know, I wasn't the drawing kid in school, in high school, college. Wasn't like that. Wasn't until I was kind of working in restaurants. Um, and definitely being surrounded by, you know, people that like, hey, can you draw this anniversary sign, you know, or this like, hey, we're having a bread sale. Can yeah. you draw this? And it's, it's super cool to be approached. And at times it's very terrifying. Yeah. You're like, I, I don't know, but you do it. And it's funny, especially, you know, with all talents, you start kind of from the bottom. Yeah. And you're like, and then you just get worse. until finally you do (laughs) until finally you start to get a little bit better yeah you're like oh i can i can see myself you know developing a style developing a taste it all starts from taste right right um but it's interesting to watch it develop yeah you've been developing your own style now for for a while and it seems like maybe you're just posting more stuff now on your instagram but like yeah you can just start to see your style just developing and honing and yeah. it's been really cool to see Thank the way you. you use color is really awesome. Yeah. That's wild. I, yeah. Like I would have, I would have thought uh, otherwise, like you, you had been doing this all your life and not at all. No, that's wild. I went to college for, I started for photography. Oh, awesome. Was, now I don't own a camera. You got a flip phone? Yeah. You want to see it? T9. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, He's uh, going to take a really blurry photo of you. <laughs> and then it's going to be like punk rock album work, album artwork. Uh, whatever makes me look better. Probably be really cool. <laughs> what about you, Mike? What, like, uh, what got you going on this book? Was it, I, like, I remember, I remember working with you and you were working towards this book. This one night we were working together and um, Amy Stewart from, the, mm. the the author of uh, Drunken Botanist yeah. came in for dinner. And we were that's all cool. freaking out. Yeah. yeah, that's super cool. And yeah, uh, yeah you, you pretty much made like a pairing menu for her. Yeah, we did a menu for her. for That was all cocktails inspired by her book. But her book, uh, The Drunken Botanist, that was a big book when we opened Husk and we were starting that first year um, really just creating cocktails and... You know, you talk about the environment that you're in, like fostering the sense of creativity and fostering this, uh, you know, thinking artistically because you're thinking about how things are presented and and pushing things forward and making things not just taste amazing. That was already what you were supposed to be doing, but also look, look really striking. People were really starting to and now we're full on in that era. We've been in been in the in the era of eating with your eyes drinking with your eyes now for a while yeah with the yeah. proliferation of instagram and all these things i won't say it was the start of that but it's just people were thinking more not only do things need to be delicious they need to look really good so i started thinking more along those lines and really plants was was just something you know where we could use like i remember when we used uh beets beet juice and mezcal turned it this crazy turned the mezcal this crazy magenta color mm-hmm. And then we were um, using these bright orange nasturtium flowers. And that together was not only delicious, did it make sense from a, it's smoky, it's peppery, it's vegetal, it's dynamic. But it it also made sense from a visual standpoint. It was just beautiful. So we started thinking like that. And and, uh, Drunken Botanist was just a book that you could go to that was tying these different worlds together. And, um, and so when she came in, 
it was like, I found out, you know, three days before she was coming in, um, that, you know, Amy Stewart's coming down and I was like, okay, well we need to do something special. So we, yeah, we printed up a menu that was like based on some other cocktails we had done, but also we just went all, all out on what we had in the garden, what we had at our own home gardens. And after a few years of, of, of different people on the staff growing things and, and growing things on the backside of the bar garden, growing things in the main garden, you know, things that we would hide in the front yard that yep, people right. would yep. know were there. <laughs> um, and you would, you know, like if it was the middle of summer, if it was late summer or early fall, or you would have all these different ingredients to work with. And it didn't really make sense and it wasn't feasible to do it uh, with every drink that you made, right? But certain experiences would, would happen. Certain people would come in that would you knew would really appreciate that. So we knew Amy Stewart would be one of those people. So we just went all out. And it was like every drink had like eight different herbs in it. And it was just wild. And um, they were just, they had, a, they had a great time. And she was like, you know, I should get this treatment in every city I go to because it would, my publisher would think I'm a really big deal. Oh, <laughs> and I was like... You are a really big deal. Yeah. Um, so got to know her a little bit, talked to her. Um, she got to check out my book um, a couple months ago, sent it. That's cool. I love her. You know, I talk about like colorful artwork and, and drawing. She has become, she has gotten really into sketching, painting. She's doing all this yeah, amazing this artwork yeah. on her, What's her Instagram. Medium? She does a lot of ink. Cool. Um, cool. She does some colored pencils. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, yeah. All kinds of different things. But yeah, mostly ink. And it's just beautiful stuff. She was in Italy. She drew all these amazing uh, villages in Italy. And basically, wherever she goes on book tour, she goes to a spot and just starts sketching. And she posts her, her her different results and her process and everything. So that's been really cool to see the direction that she's headed in, which is a very artistic... For sure. More visual direction, which is cool. I mean, um, kind of speaking on that, like, it's been cool to watch Baxter, mm-hmm. his process. Yeah. Brian Baxter, chef, who, as he was kind of in a transitional place, he was um, leaving Hus, going to Bastion, thinking about doing different things, but he really picked up his um, watercolors and his drawings, and he, that was really inspiring to me. His His watercolors would give me I don't know. They just, they were very inspiring. They just gave you like a feeling like seeing a Bob Ross come to come to life. That's what I was going to say is like, <laughs> in the best I remember way. one time I was like, what's the deal? Like you're, uh, what are you doing? And he's like, I just binge watched a bunch of like Bob Ross and like <laughs> got going. I was like, I know you're joking. He's like, no, really? I no, like, still don't know if he was joking or not. Like, <laughs> it's a thing. Oh no. I, I watched it all like, uh, growing up every episode. Right. right. But have you played it along? Huh? Have you painted along with no. an episode? No. Oh. There's actually like s- someone did uh, recently painted along with Bob Ross on their like Microsoft uh, Paint or Illustrator or something, and a, like it was some weird shit that popped up on my phone one day. Like and it actually was beautiful. So. You watch the whole thing. Yeah. One thing I talk about in the book about Baxter too is he was when he started painting like you know, ingredients. He did a painting of a lime that's in the book. Um, that was really cool. And he painted some different garnishes. Um, cause he was great guy to bounce different ideas off of, or he might, 
give you, you might, might hand you an ingredient or something that I tell a story in the book about running into the walk-in in the middle of service to grab like some herbs real quick and head back into the bar. But as, as I'm in there, he's checking in an order. And there was also some, uh, shiso that was sitting there in the walk-in and he's like, Hey, try this. And he just hands me in. It's a, it was a shiso leaf, but it was wrapped. Uh, it had a blueberry wrapped in it. And so he just tastes this. And I was like, so I taste it. And I was like, Whoa, what was that? Tastes like blueberry pie. So he tells me, it's like, yeah, it's the shiso with the blueberry kind of has that feeling of baked blueberry because you get this spice, but hmm. it's just from the herb. It was just like a, and, and that set me on a whole other path where I was like, Oh, you know, by the end of the day, I was like Kuiperina where you, instead of doing just lime and sugar, you're doing blueberry and shiso. Hmm. Um, so we would do that drink and I put that in the book, uh, the blueberry shiso Kuiperina, which was really fun. And that all started just from him handing me a little bite to say, check this out. This is so cool. Um, so being in those environments is really, is really vital to, I don't know, creativity. For sure. And anyone that might be listening, we are speaking of chef Brian Baxter, um, Atlanta based now chef, uh, at, uh, cold, cold Cold beer, cold beer, which we talked about on the last episode. We're going to talk about on every episode, I guess (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) the cold beer report. Right here <laughs> on Liquid Gold. I, know, he, I can't, wait. I can't yeah. wait to be done there. He's doing amazing things there. Uh, super talented chef. Yeah. Very positive, positive dude. Mm-hmm. Like, he's helped me out a lot. Like, where he could have been a hard ass on me, he, he definitely was far from it. And I appreciate that. But, yeah, he should have. Should have been a little harder on me. And there's a chapter in the book where I really talk about... Um, some things I learned from Baxter and sort of absorbed in seeing his process on uh, chapter nine, it's called the sweet water of life cordials and the art of finishing. And he was really astute at building flavors and making things super vibrant. So the way that I would uh, translate that to the bar was say I would make maybe a blueberry shrub or a blueberry syrup or something. And you're letting the blueberries steep. Maybe you're cooking them down with a little bit of citrus juice, bunch of sugar, add a little spice, Mm. cook it down, cook it down, then let it sit over the course of a few days and let those flavors just build. It's going to get deeper. The flavors are going to get more intense. But I think the thing that he really inspired me to do, because I saw him one time straining a sauce. It was like a beet sauce with beet juice and stuff. And he just strained it. Instead of just straining it through cheesecloth, which anyone would do, he had apples sitting on the cheesecloth. All right. So he's straining it through these apples. And it's just just for that little hint of fresh apple. And it was a lot of the a lot of those ideas was taking deeper flavors, stuff that you had spent a lot of time on, or there was a lot of time steeping, or it was a stock or a sauce, something that took a little while. And then straining it through something fresh just to get a little bit of immediacy. And that had a big effect because then you can take something, say you did, we could talk about pumpkin since we're in that season. So say you did, one way you could do a pumpkin cordial, and this did not make the book. So this is exclusive. Um, But you could take a pumpkin, cut off the top, tear out all the seeds. Now, not all the meat necessary, but take out all the seeds. You could take out some of the meat and kind of dice that up, 
put it back in, put in some herbs like thyme and rosemary and sage and some of these savory herbs, put the pumpkin. Now it's really nice to do with these smaller pie pumpkins, put the pumpkin in the oven, uh, on 350 for say an hour or so. Let it cook. Let it uh, let the let the flavors sort of concentrate. Then you can take that entire pumpkin and just hack it up. If you're making a pumpkin cordial, it doesn't have to be diced up. Doesn't have to be perfect. Just hack it up. Throw it into your uh, syrup, or say you you can do like a pumpkin honey. You could put it into a honey syrup that's two parts honey to one part water, or a syrup that's two parts sugar to one part water, and then let that sit for two or three days. And then strain that, and you've got this pumpkin syrup. Now, what you could do to give it another layer of flavor would be to zest a bunch of orange and add some, maybe some cracked up toasted cinnamon right at the end. Add it, whisk it all together, stir it together, then strain it with your orange zest. And it's going to brighten it up, and it's going to give you so many different levels of flavor. And then you take that pumpkin cordial to Starbucks and put it in your coffee. (laughs) Yeah. How many uh-huh. pumpkin spice lattes have you had this year? Zero. Mm, zero. She's not a PSL. I, I will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's no Starbucks in East Nashville. So right. Right. It's, it's a little harder. Yeah, I haven't had one, We're but I think on that. one. Uh, <laughs> kind of saw it. Um, one. If you want to talk about pumpkin spice, one thing that we have worked on, and another thing that did not make it into the book is persimmon. Persimmons are all over Tennessee this time of year. A lot of the time, and they lend themselves so much better to spice. A lot of the time, pumpkin pumpkins. spice is mostly persimmon, True. cinnamon, and nutmeg. Like yeah, that—that yeah. that is the flavor. It might—it might be uh, preceded by the word pumpkin, but what you're actually tasting are yeah, persimmon, cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice. Yeah, because persimmons have more of that flavor than pumpkins actually do. Certainly. Pumpkins definitely lend themselves to spice, but persimmons, they already have those tasting notes. You're fruiting at the same time. Like persimmons are probably about done fruiting right now. Yeah. They're great. Where can you find persimmons? um, uh, You can find them them in the the, the wild, but uh, Bloomsbury sells them. Bloomsbury Farms sells them. They're down at the farmer's market on the weekends. You can get them down there. The Franklin Farmer's Market always has a bunch of them out there. Yeah, you have to go to um, Farmer's Markets. Around. Yeah, farmers, like they're not going to have them to... I don't, I don't think they're going to have them at a lot of grocery stores. It's, yeah, I've never seen them in a grocery store. If, if you do, like, I don't think the season is long. They don't produce a lot for, like, the amount of space that they take up. So you have to find a Farmer's Market where they might just be happen to be growing on a, it's some the, farm and they just... Nap them and bring them with them. It's the exotic drug of the pumpkin spice market. (laughs) You know, it's like you got to know somebody. Oh, do you know you got a persimmon guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, I'll give you. I'll give you Sarah's number. Says the lady in the yoga in the yoga pants. (laughs) (laughs) And now the time has come for. (laughs) Booze news with Kenneth Dedman, season two. Season two of Booze News. It's been light. It's been it's been light on Booze News this week. Um, all the kids are in school waiting on their first report card. Parents are trying to be good, keeping their kids, keeping their kids, uh, busy. keeping their kids busy. <laughs> Unfortunately, for a liquor store in South Florida, one dope kid. Stole something like a thousand dollars worth of scotch, shoving it down his pants 
in three instances over the course of three hours, this kid specifically stole scotch, stuck it down the zipper into his pants leg with the sock pulled over. I can name the movie that he learned it from. because It actually has like Nashville roots, Harmony Corinne mm. and Larry Clark's yeah. kids taught yeah. every kid in America how to steal booze. And I'm so proud of this child because they haven't found him yet. Stole a thousand dollars worth of scotch. Now, why would the kids steal scotch? Anyone? Anyone have any idea? Mm. Price point on scotch is high. This, yeah. this kid priced it out. Do you think it's on the dark web somewhere? No, no. They shut down the dark web. It's on a back bar at some beach we side. Didn't, we didn't bar. even. We didn't even say like uh, things we're not going to talk about today. Mm. But I'm not going to talk about the Van Winkle family lawyering up and shutting down the uh, the secondary market. Well. So, no, this kid is not selling Future it on episode. the dark web. Yeah. Sorry. But he made off with $1,000. Stop $1, yelling at the guests. Yeah. Uh, didn't realize I unleashed this in, in Kenneth. But, uh, Coffee just kicked in. Yeah. Sheesh. I can't handle this. If you shut what, the cold what, brew. What, kind of, what was this coffee anyway? I don't know. Sheesh. Down the street, blend. <laughs> anyway, the kid looks really cute. He, he looks like... Uh, yeah, they have video footage of the kid. Yeah. So yeah. they still haven't caught him. I don't believe, but you ever watch the Bernie Mac show? Sure. It's like one of my favorite sitcoms. Looks like Bernie Mac's nephew. So they'll catch him eventually. Probably. I hope not. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of hope he gets away with it. Yeah. No, I I definitely hope he gets away with it. So this falls into the category of idiot or hero in our ongoing booze news segment. Hero. He's a hero. Yeah. Let's give him the hero. Yeah. I hope give him the medal. You know what? What's cool about like uh, criminals is like, they always returned to the scene. He came back three times. He was brack. He's, how how boastful, how boastful. I'm so proud of him. Okay, well, uh, in um, <laughs> in the Dominican Republic, the FBI has ruled all American deaths by uh, tainted alcohol um, untrue. Every American that's died, presumably of uh, tainted alcohol, failed toxicology report of tainted booze. So, so they just drank too much. No, no one actually knows how they died. Well, probably tainted alcohol. Probably not tainted alcohol. Ooh. Uh, I think that it was like a story that the American press created to like to hate on Dominican Republic. But yeah, as <laughs> as far as the FBI is concerned, it is safe for Americans to go get drunk in the Dominican Republic. Stay at the hotels, have a good time. And to bring it maybe, full circle, maybe don't snort anything weird down there. Like. The yeah, <laughs> Hopefully not. to bring it full circle too, you don't have to go to the Dominican Republic to drink Dominican Republic because I've seen I've seen the Presidente beer has been making inroads in the Nashville market. I see it way more at gas stations now. It's at the gas station down the street from my house. It's a really good. They got it at Z beer. It's really good as long as it's cold. It's one of those beers you do not want to warm up. Like don't even hold it in your hand. Just put it down on the table, maybe put in a koozie, but it's delicious and uh, great with a whole host of different foods. What would you pair no, it with? Mike? No trip. Oh gosh, honestly, not to not to mash up different cultures, but I've had it with like tacos. It's it's amazing with tacos or like a fast food chicken sandwich. Fish taco sounds great. Fish taco be great. Yeah, yeah, that stays in the culture. Yeah. All right, in uh, New York slash uh, New Orleans news. Um, Owners of Dead Rabbit, 
Sean Muldoon and Jack McGarry of Belfast are opening a dead rabbit New Orleans. So it's over. Wow. It's over. Actually, it's it's super cool because they're like they're actually going to the birthplace of cocktail culture, I think. Like yeah. not a, for sure. New Orleans always makes it. New York always steals it. So why not just go back to the source? Yeah. And I'm really really proud of them. They they've been working hard. They got two locations in in New York. One that just one that uh the original Black Rabbit was just uh just had an expansion. I'll be yeah. Albeit a fire, man, they've they've had a rough time. They had the flood, they had the they had the fire, but their expansion is done. Hopefully, I'll get there one day. But it's more likely that I'm gonna gonna see them in uh, New Orleans. Yeah, that first book that they we've been talking about books. That first book they put out, the Dead Rabbit um, Grog Journal or whatever, the yeah, Dead yeah, Rabbit yeah. Drink Manual, so good, such a good cocktail book. Yeah, it's so great. many great ideas, a lot of great stories. They're cool dudes, yeah. down to earth. Solid. Um, for, for for the amount of clout that they have, they're actually like super cool guys. Like I've 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 sat at their I've sat at their bar before anyone knew who they were, and I was like, these guys are special. Pretty much how I got into cocktails was was sitting at their cocktail bar at the the Merchant Hotel in Belfast, and uh, I was lucky enough to be able to make uh, Sean Muldoon a cocktail or two at at Merchants a couple of years ago. That's awesome. He was wasted out of his mind. It was amazing. So like, it didn't matter what I made for him. It was like, Sazerac. <laughs> yeah, I actually made him a uh, a egg white Negroni with beet powder. Dang. Garnish. It was pretty cool. Strong. I was really proud of that. And you know, he, I made it in like a martini glass or a coupe, mm-hmm. and uh, he drank it exactly how I wanted him to drink it. He just took it down. Two gulps. Yeah. I can see that. That's how I want people to drink out of a coupe or a martini glass. It's just like two gulps. Mm-hmm. Be done with it. It's enough of the pageantry. Don't freaking stick your finger out. Don't don't do that. Yeah, it's, unless no. you're wearing a pinky ring. Don't wave it around like so but that don't people wear a see pinky it. Ring either. it always, yeah. <laughs> what else we got for booze news? Oh man, this is freaking fascinating in New York again. Auto brewery syndrome caused a man to produce alcohol in his gut. No joke. This man had a probiotic imbalance in his gut, and this is not this is not uncommon. But it's just now getting diagnosed. For years, this man, un, say, unnamed this gentleman, before. yeah, because yeah. it was on Grey's Anatomy one time. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Never seen favorite it. favorite show. Never seen it. For years, this man has been like brewing alcohol in his belly. Every time he ate something high carb, say you eat pizza, all of a sudden you're drunk. Never knew why. He actually got a DUI before he uh, before it was diagnosed with mm. a little help of actual probiotics. Wow. He was able to be cured for now. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, I guess they like swabbed his stomach and found brewer's yeast growing in excess. That's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. What would cause that? A lot of beer? No. Um, it was actually a um, an infection that he had. He took um, antibiotics that singled out every other biotic except for this mm. this one yeast that was growing in his gut. That was probably, I mean, you'd think like excess gas. You would figure something was wrong because mm. you're like producing all this co2 you're burping a lot you're farting a lot 
maybe I should go to the doctor. But no, this guy was like getting wasted. He's like, I got a brewery down there. Getting wasted <laughs> off of drinking a Pepsi or what What have you. What, whatever like carbohydrate or sugar. Crazy. Seems yeah. like a deal. I guess he got on keto. Wow. Worst booze news ever. No, it's great. You know, you said it was slow, but I feel like there's a, been a lot happening. Uh, the only thing I have to contribute, I heard on NPR on um, Marketplace, six o'clock every night for the Nashville market anyway, Nordstrom, in order to entice more shoppers to shop and to spend more time to give them more of an experience are turning to what? Cocktails. Yes. This is good for, you know, professionals like us. I Have mean, a Negroni while you uh, shop for some shoes. I'm into it, but uh, I'd be happy to consult at a place yeah. like that. Would you like some apple brandy? Maybe a Jack Rose while you shop for that fall sweater. And then you buy everything. Lot of yeah, lot of opportunities there. I'm into it. Well, it's not an uncommon practice. A lot of a lot of these boutique stores, they offer wine while, mm-hmm. while you're shopping. And um, trust me, I've se- I've seen the numbers at some of these stores, and you. You would be fucking amazed at like the end of the day, end of the month, what they make in sales, clothing sales, like boutique clothes. I'm not saying Nordstrom's like boutique. Actually, it's kind of garbage, but <laughs> <laughs> but they have the purchase power to like uh, get a liquor license, and I, I'm I'm assuming that they're going to be actually selling the drinks as opposed to like giving them to their guests. Yeah, I'm sure it's like, oh, don't worry, it'll show up on your tab. You're buying something, right? Sure. Uh, mm. But I don't know. I don't know the execution of it. But I just think it's cool that you go from, yeah, wine while you're shopping. It's usually like cheap. It's usually, you know, and that's fine. They're If they're giving it out, they don't want to spend a bunch of money on the wine. But if you're going to actually say, you know, this really nice bar that we have in the store is going to make you this cocktail. This person is highly trained and everything. I don't know. I'm into it. it sure be- I can't hate on it. Yeah, I mean, it's probably time-saving. Can I get like, a Vesper? Because I'm going to buy a bunch of stuff. That's probably what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take well, a Ramos, and I want to try on the new Jordans. Thank you. <laughs> Do they sell Jordans? Probably. They sell Jordans. That's a good Parapalooza. Ooh, yeah. A Ramos and Jordans. Yeah. What would you pair pretty with? pretty strong. Air Jordans? <laughs> Ramos and Fizz. <laughs> yeah, because if you spill on it, you probably wouldn't be able to tell. You don't want to spill on your Air Jordans. No. Well, thank you for booze news and for the off-the-record comments that the listener will not hear. But uh, we heard them, and we have incriminating evidence now for... So, uh, Jess, I'll email you that. I'll email, Please. I'll Dropbox you that. Yeah. Uh, While we're all stuff. here, I had to drop it. Yeah. yeah. No, well, thank you it. for that. Lovely booze news today. Kenneth Dedman, as always, bringing the, all the news that's fit to booze to. I'll be better next time. All that's booze worthy out there in the world. And that's going to do it for us today here on Liquid Gold. Thank you to Jess Matchin for coming out here. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Talking to. Mocking. Mocking. Mocking the, uh, the derivation of the, <laughs> the lovely last name <laughs> that, of course, is German. And it only makes sense that she is making all these beautiful steins and for, uh, Thanks, for local breweries like Smith & Lentz. And helped me so much. Did some beautiful artwork on the new book that I'm putting out November 12th, Garden to Glass. Grow your drinks from the ground up. You can see Jess Matchin's uh, B.I.G. Building Glass logo and some other beautiful artwork in there. And we do have an Congratulations to both of you. Like, 
No, hey, Mike. Thanks. The, the this is killer. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm much. really proud of you, Mike. I don't, I don't say that shit very much, but I am proud of you. You don't like, say it enough. I don't say it ever. <laughs> <laughs> True. It's not something it's just friends impl- say it's to implied. each other as much. But I appreciate you. I uh, couldn't have done it without you. And look forward to, you better be coming to uh, this event. Sunday, November 3rd, we'll be at the Stables at Husk for a cocktail reception and some bites and some some delicious boozy offerings from our friends at Kedhead, Bristow Gin, TC Craft Tequila. And also there'll be an event at Parnassus November 13th, the day after the book comes out. We'll be over there talking about the book. Thank you all so much for listening. What are you going to do? Are you going to go on a book tour or something? Uh, not much of one, I don't think. I don't have time. I don't have time for that. Oh. I got a tour around Nashville. Murphy's and Burr. work. <laughs> We're going to do Columbia, Murfreesboro, Lebanon. I got to do the work tour, like taking taking my kid to school, going to work, going back, going back to work, going, you know, that's my kind of the, my my tour. But yeah, I'll be out there. I'll be out in Denver at some point. I'll be around. It's going to take off, dude. I'm excited. It'll be fun. We'll, we'll be reading some more excerpts from the book here over the next few weeks on the show. And uh, find us at Liquid Gold underscore pod on Instagram. You can find Jess and her artwork jess underscore matchin that's m-a-c-h-e-n and if you didn't catch it at the beginning of the show she did the lovely liquid gold logo and as well as the partying octopus logo too that deserves to be on a shirt at some point here in the near future so check out all her artwork and all those beautiful tasty things that we're going to be posting about on liquid gold here on weownthistown.net thank you to michael eads our producer and in the flesh Jess Matchin the liquid gold artist extraordinaire artist in residence liquid gold art director art director Mm, love that can I put that on a resume you bet certainly throw it on there I'll write a letter of recommendation for you yeah I just need a little like a little quote and look at a threat if you need a threat yeah he can write he's good at writing threats I'll definitely come to you for a threat And looking ahead, we will be, you we'll, better. We'll have some thoughts on, <laughs> speaking of threats, we'll have some thoughts on <laughs> Halloween for a Halloween episode that we'll be dropping next week. And then we look forward to getting into hot chocolate, hot beverages, hot toddies, hot buttered rum, all the things that are hot, like Kenneth's forehead right now. I can see sweating. <laughs> <laughs> right here on Liquid Gold, we look forward to a lovely fall and winter drinking season that we're going to be talking about all kinds of different things coming up here on the show. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Love you, Jess. Love you, Jess. Later, tater.